Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Tuesday, March 9th. We're going to talk about some headlines, and I'm going to give you a little bit of encouragement to get you through your week. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys have joined me today. Wow, we made it through the weekend. You guys, I've been hearing so many things from you as you're writing into us here at the show and putting your uh, your questions out there at Mailbox Monday. I want to let you guys know we're going to try to answer those a couple of times a week. And so if you want a question answered here, the way to do that is to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. And we can help you guys get that question out there. Remember, keep your questions short and sweet and to the point. And if you guys can do something really cool, like uh, tell me what the topic is, that would even be better. I want to give a quick donor shout out to Beverly from Virginia, who said, thank you so much for all you do. Words can't express how valuable your ministry is in these days. We especially appreciate the podcast. The programs are filled with the Holy Spirit's power and discernment, and that is so encouraging. Thank you so much. Also from Raleigh, North Carolina, I want to say thank you to Paul for that donation. You guys, we appreciate your financial support here at the podcast. Your financial support is helping us get this podcast to literally tens of thousands of people every single day, and we appreciate that. wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to be speaking for the Answers for Truth event. Answers for Women on March 20th. Yes, it's the same weekend as I'm going to be at TTD, but I'm going to be speaking on Saturday for Answers for Women. So I will be in Nashville the 18th and 19th for Teach Them Diligently Nashville. And then I'm going to scoot on over to uh, Kentucky to show up for Answers for Women. You guys, there are still digital tickets available for that event, and you can find them at answersingenesis.org. Want to let you guys also know that um, I'll be speaking the weekend after that in Rogers, Arkansas, and this is pretty cool. So my very first event as a candidate for Congress is coming up on the 15th of March. And so that's next week, Monday, the 15th, 7 p.m. You can find information out about that at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. If you guys want to keep up with what I'm doing as I run for the United States House of Representatives, you can sign up to help. You can sign up to give. We need as much support as we can possibly get. And uh, we're counting on you guys to help us get me to represent Washington State's 3rd Congressional District in the House of Representatives. All right, today I want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a shot in the arm. Uh, One of you wrote in and... I'm hearing this, you know, repeatedly, this uh, discouragement, right, that sort of sets in and this an idea, I guess, that what's happening in the culture right now is overwhelming to the point of, you know, we should just give up. You know, I answered that question last time about, you know, whether or not uh, it was appropriate for Christians to be involved in politics. And of course, it's always appropriate. It That's like, to me, that's like asking, is it appropriate for Christians to be involved in entertainment? Is it appropriate for us to be involved in medicine or education? And the truth is, we are supposed to be involved in all of it. And when we feel overwhelmed and when we feel discouraged or disjointed, the the right thing for God's people to do is always to go back to the word of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul, trying to encourage the church in Corinth, uh, recognized that they were struggling. 
and they were suffering. And he said, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know what that means? I'm going to break it down for you. I I know you know what it means, but I'm going to put it in little Heidi speak for you. When you go through struggles, whether it's in your personal life or whether it's in your marriage or finances or whatever it is, when you realize that you have been given the gift of the comfort of the Holy Spirit and he is comforting you in the trouble that you face, the Bible teaches us that our responsibility is to turn around and comfort other people. And to turn around and offer the same comfort that we ourselves have been given because of the power of God at work in our lives. And man, we got an opportunity there right now, right? We've got an opportunity to say, hey, this isn't the end. God is still at work. I've said this before. He's not up in heaven scratching his head going, man, what, you know, that sure is, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) He's not doing that. Instead, he says he's given us an opportunity to remind the people around us that the hope that we have in Jesus is steadfast. That we trust what God is doing and that we're going to walk this thing out in obedience to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Tomorrow, my friend Suzanne Gallagher is coming on the show and we're going to be talking about social emotional learning and what's happening in the public school systems. And we're going to give parents an opportunity to engage in the battle. Never been more important than it is right now to seek that engagement of God's people in whatever area it is that has just made your heart sad or broken your heart. You know what we, our heart, our hearts as believers should break for what breaks God's heart. And certainly this is the fight for the unborn, right? And the fight to protect the lives of our elderly. And we're living in a culture that needs the hope of Christ. And we ha- you guys have an opportunity right now to bring the hope and the joy with you wherever you go into whatever sphere of influence that God has called you in. And when you go through suffering, the Bible says, take the suffering that you have experienced and then go and help another person who's also suffering and remind them that you are a child of the living God and that God's peace which the Bible says passes understanding, is available to everyone who asks. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's kind of amazing. And you know, we need it. We need it right now probably more than we've ever needed it. I'm going to answer a couple of your questions today, but I wanted to go over uh, some headlines (laughs) from the last couple of days because there's no shortage of things to talk about. President Biden signed an executive order a couple days ago, which is increasing voter registration for prisoners and those on probation. And actually, at whitehouse.gov, they have a fact sheet up on this, in case you guys want to read it. It says, the order will direct the attorney general to establish procedures to provide educational materials related to voter registration and voting, and to the extent practicable, to facilitate voter registration for all eligible individuals in the custody of the Federal Bureau of Prisons. That's exciting. Newsmax said Biden's plan was announced during a recorded address. It's always recorded because whenever he goes live, it's a disaster 
On the 56th commemoration of, quote, Bloody Sunday, the 1965 incident in which some 600 civil rights activists were viciously beaten by state troopers as they tried to march for voting rights in Selma, Alabama. Quote, every eligible voter should be able to vote and have it counted, Biden said in his remarks to Sunday's Martin and Coretta King unity breakfast before signing the order. If you have the best ideas, you have nothing to hide. Let the people vote. Especially if you're a murderer. Tom Cotton took to Twitter to say Dylan Roof murdered nine people. He's on federal death row. But guess what? He's going to be getting a $1,400 stimulus check as part of the Democrats' quote, COVID relief bill. Mm Mm-hmm. So much for governing as a moderate. Absolutely not happening. You guys watch what happened when they passed the COVID relief bill. Did anybody anybody catch that? The COVID relief bill, of which only a very small portion of it actually dedicated to COVID relief. The rest of it's just pet projects and garbage things that the radical left wants to push through and make you guys pay for it with your tax dollars. So that's exciting. Also, President Biden said that he wasn't going to speak out against China's genocide of the Uyghur people. I don't know if you guys are watching this, but uh, China is absolutely bent on the destruction of the Uyghurs and what they're doing in what can only be described as concentration camps. uh, These Muslims that China doesn't want in their country anymore. And uh, Joe Biden seemingly defended their genocide. In, during a town hall for CNN, he said, quote, culturally, there are different norms that each country and their leaders are expected to follow. So I guess that includes the rape and murder of people who have a different religious belief than you do. And so he said he's not going to speak out against the Chinese Communist Party occupation of Hong Kong and Taiwan because, you know, cultural norms or the genocide of the Uyghurs. Quote, the central principle of Xi Jinping is that there must be a united, tightly controlled China. And he uses his rationale for the things he does based on that. I point out to him, no American president can be sustained as president if he doesn't reflect the values of the United States, Biden said. And so the idea, I'm not going to speak out against what he's doing in Hong Kong and what he's doing with the Uyghurs in western mountains of China and Taiwan trying to end the, quote, one China policy by making it forceful, I said, by the way. He said he gets it. Culturally, there are different norms in each country and their leaders are expected to follow. This is shameful, but then it's nothing new. Former Department of Defense Chief of Staff Cash Patel responded to Biden's comments on Sunday saying that, quote, for the leader of the free world to say genocide is a cultural norm is outrageous. They are in a genocide in China against the Uyghurs. That is factually not in dispute. And for the leader of the free world to say genocide is a cultural norm is disgusting. And this is what's happening right now. Could you guys imagine if President Trump had publicly said that the Uyghur genocide in China was a cultural norm? People's heads would have exploded. But because uh, Biden said it and the left-wing media just turns a blind eye to it, I I guess that's okay. I guess that's okay. You guys, we got, we need new representation. 
Speaking of needing new representation, you guys are coming up really close. I mean, you have so many signatures to get uh, Governor Newsom out of California. Boy, if that happens, that's going to be the shot heard around the world. California's on fire, by the way. California, there's a bill before their uh, legislature right now that would fine stores $1,000 if they have separate boys and girls sections. True story. This is the latest woke legislation coming out of California that would force large retailers to eliminate sections for boys and girls or face fines. So as it's written, the law would apply to stores with 500 or more employees and would also ban any signs that indicate items are for boys or girls because we can't have that. The New York Post wrote about it. They said the proposal would require stores with 500 more employees to maintain, quote, undivided areas of its sales floor for childcare items like kids' clothes and toys, regardless of whether an item has traditionally marketed for either girls or boys. You know, as a mother, that would just make me crazy. You know, when my when my kids were little and they were invited to a birthday party, I uh, I was dying to go to whatever section I thought might represent the child. <laughs> Right. So you go to Target and there's a pink section and the blue section. And the mom goes, oh, thank you. It's a, it's a seven-year-old girl. I know right where to go. But if that's what you want to do, you're not woke enough. The bill is co-authored by the chairman of the California Legislative LGBT Caucus, even Lowe, and the chairwoman of the California Legislative Women's Caucus, Lowe told the Sacramento Bee, quote, as much as I'd like to think of this as a watershed legislation, I'm dying. This is watershed legislation. California's got trouble coming out its ears. And what are we doing? We're going to find you guys. We're going to find you if you say that there's such a thing as boys and girls and separate that in your store. $1,000 fine for you. And these guys are like, I really like to think of this as watershed legislation. This is something the industry is already doing. We're just trying to play catch up. Oh, okay. Lowe said that this law is important as children return to school after COVID lockdowns, providing them with a positive experience without any stigma. What kind of garbage is this? There is no stigma to being male or female. No stigma. You're either male or female. These people are pushing the stigma. And and speaking of that, a bill pushing left-leaning politics into the classroom in Illinois officially passed. It's called, are you ready? The Culturally Responsive Teaching and Leading Standards. And it's now been officially upheld by the Illinois Joint Committee on Administrative Rules. Some of the new standards include teachers assessing how their, quote, biases affect how they access tools to mitigate their own behavior. For example, racism, sexism, homophobia, unlearned privilege, Eurocentrism, etc., Bettina L. Love is a prominent advocate of critical race theory in education, and she believes, quote, white teachers need anti-racist therapy. You guys, these are the racists. These are the racists. And they're, they're looking to tear us apart and divide us as quick as they can. The Arizona Department of Education's, quote, equity toolkit says that racism starts as young as three months old. The Daily Caller was talking about it the other day. They said the toolkit shows a spectrum of children from birth to ages over six with the title, quote, they're not too young to talk about race. Do you guys want to talk about race with your six-month-old? Because Arizona wants you to. 
boy, uh, Martin Luther King just rolling in his grave right now. He's he's if if he could, he's smacking his forehead, going, "What has happened?" It cites a study that shows at birth, quote, babies look equally at faces of all races. At three months, they look more at faces that match the race of their caregivers. By 30 months old, children use race to choose playmates. At ages four and five, expressions of racial prejudice often peak. This is garbage. And this is what we're teaching our kids. This is what we're teaching our kids. I I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, we need to have conversations in this country that that center around the fact that we were all created equal. I mean, I thought that's where we were going, but we're going backwards so fast and hardly you can hardly keep up with it anymore. Time to have a different conversation. We need to start having these conversations and start talking about what's actually happening in our schools and what's happening uh, in our politics in this country. And you guys are asking great questions over at the podcast. Julie from Ohio said, Heidi, I received an email from one of the lead pastors of my church discouraging me from participating in biblical discussions, which he called debates on my personal Facebook page. He said that in his experience, he had never seen anyone's heart change because of a debate. I'm really upset because the discussions that I have interacted in seem to be quite productive and none of the participants were upset to my knowledge. I feel like my pastor was basically telling me to sit down and shut up uh, because he was. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I'm feeling really discouraged. and I want to crawl back into my little corner of the Internet and focus on pictures of my cute kids instead of sharing the word. How discouraging. All right. So listen, Julie. Uh, your pastor's right about one thing. I think that it's true that not very many people's hearts are going to be changed because of a debate on Facebook, right? So the question remains, what kind of influence do you have in the lives of the people that you're talking to? And someone told me a long time ago, a friend of mine who works for Fox News, and I was asking her about how she handles all the haters on her Facebook page, of which there are a lot. And she said, you know, Heidi, I learned something a long time ago. I'm not trying to change the opinion of someone whose heart is just completely against where I'm coming from. What I'm trying to do when I talk about the things that are important to me and and trying to move the needle to shift the thinking of people is I'm looking for people who are what I call fence sitters. So they're looking at what's happening and they're going, I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily right. Those are the ones you're trying to reach. And we want to be winsome in our discussions and winsome in the way that we engage as much as is possible. And if you realize that a, that a conversation has gone downhill, I frankly am, am disappointed that your pastor wouldn't be encouraging you. That's what a pastor should be doing. He should be going, thank you so much. I've noticed that you're trying to bring uh, salt and light into this particular topic. I noticed that your uh, willingness to engage the people around you from a position of wisdom and from a position of uh, love, more Christians need to be doing that. So I agree that your pastor was discouraging, but I would say what you're doing, don't be discouraged in what you're doing. Keep doing it. Right. There's there's a balance to all of these things, right? Because we want to be able to step away from it when we need to be able to step away from it. I told you guys before, if you want to break a Facebook habit, run for Congress. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> that will do it. But I, I'm going to encourage you guys, stay out there. Speaking of Facebook, I've got a new Facebook page, Heidi St. John for Congress. I hope you guys will go check it out. 
And I hope you'll support us. We have a pretty big fundraising goal coming up. And if you're interested in my run for Congress, you can go to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. Check out my Facebook page, Heidi St. John for Congress, and get on board to help us. We really do need your help. We need your financial support. We need your prayers. Sarah from Georgetown said, Heidi, my question is about Bible studies. I've never led one, but I feel led to lead one for my homeschool daughter and the moms and daughters in our group. I don't know where to start. Do you have any studies that you'd recommend or how would I go about starting something like this? It's scary to me, but I think the Lord wants me to do that. Sarah, I am so excited for you. I love that you are listening to the Lord and he is getting you off the bench and onto the battlefield. You guys, if it's scary, it's probably the Lord. If your heart races and your hands get sweaty and you just think, oh my goodness, I just don't know, I just don't know, it's probably the Lord saying, hey, how about you take the light out from under the bushel and take it out into the world? And so, Sarah, you knew I was going to say, right, that's what all we do at MomStrong Internationals. We we um, turn out Bible studies every single month. Right now, we're taking the women through Becoming MomStrong, which is a book I turned out in 2017. But we just finished um, Titus. You can buy, by the way, any of my studies. If you go to HeidiStJohn.com, click on the store, the Titus study is there. And you can download that and you can lead a group of people. You can apply to be a leader with MomStrong International. And then every time those studies come out, we give you leadership guides to go with it. It's awesome. So check it out. Um, When I started leading uh, home Bible studies for women a long time ago, I went to my local Christian bookstore and I just picked up some that were, um, you know, kind of almost in booklet form. And they were topical. So we did, you know, studies on marriage. We did studies on, um, you know, just relationships. One time we did a study on the Holy Spirit. So there's lots of things for you to look at. And I would encourage you uh, in that direction. All right, one more question today comes from a listener in South Carolina. Hi, Heidi, I'm 18 years old. I'd like to know how to handle my parents who repeatedly cussing around me. I feel disrespectful. Ask them not to say the Lord's name in vain because they are my parents and I'm supposed to be listening to them. I feel stuck between a rock and a hard place. So uh, sweet girl, I love that you're asking this question. And actually, I'm going to address the parents who are listening to this first. Parents, your children are watching you. I'm not even kidding. They're watching you. What is your life saying? What are your words? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? Um, To the 18-year-old girl who's watching this, I would just say, I would take that really to the Lord in prayer. You're kind of to the point now where you can talk to your parents about this. And I love that you want to be respectful of them. That tells me that your heart is in the right place. So ask the Lord what he wants you to do. James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask it of God who who gives it to everyone generously without reproach. If you ask wisdom from the Lord, he will give it to you. That is the promise that he makes in his word. So you can count on it. You can take it to the bank. All right. I thank you guys for that question. It's really been awesome. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening today so much. If you've got questions that you'd like to have answered to the podcast, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. I'm trying to answer those questions a couple of times a week because I'm behind. <laughs> that's the truth. And that's the truth. We really appreciate your prayers, particularly now as I am entering into my speaking season, the busiest time of the year for me. Uh, On the 15th, I'll be doing a little kickoff rally here in uh, my hometown. 
of Vancouver, Washington. You can find out more about that at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. On the 18th and 19th, I'll be in Nashville for Teach Them Diligently. Then I'm cruising up to the wonderful uh, Answers in Genesis campus and the uh, at the Answers Conference Center where I will be keynoting Answers for Women. Following that, the 25th through the 27th, I'll be in Rogers, Arkansas. So you guys come on out, say hello. We need to be in person and talking to each other and encouraging each other in the Lord. There's power in it, you guys. There really is. And you have an opportunity right now to really make a difference. Before I leave today, I want to say thank you to Renee from Montesano, Washington, Aaron from Wichita, Kansas, and Jessica from Conklin, Michigan. You guys, your uh, encouragement, your financial support for this podcast is a huge blessing to us. And I want to thank you for it. want to let you know also, before we leave, just remind you that we're doing a deep dive into motherhood over at MomStrong International for the months of March and April. Becoming MomStrong and the accompanying Bible study are the books that we're taking a look at together. Remember, I wrote Becoming MomStrong so that you guys could learn how to shepherd the very special generation of children that are coming up right now. So whether you're a grandmother or whether you're um, an aunt, uh, or whether you're a mother, this is going to be an important study. So you can come join us. It's not too late. MomStrongInternational.com. Thanks for listening to everybody. Come back tomorrow for a very fiery interview with my friend and guest and executive director of Parents, Rights, and Education, Suzanne Gallagher. We love you guys. I love your families well today. All right. Have a great day. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.